Well, today we are talking a lot about the blessings of God and giving thanks to God. And remembering that the giving thanks allows us, in some ways, to weather the storms, the burdens. Before we jump into the sermon today, we do want to lift up some prayer requests. Uh, we want to pray especially uh, for Harold and, Su- uh, Harold and Susan Tindley, their daughter, um, uh, has uh, COVID down in Virginia, but also Mark and Christine. Uh, we want to pray for them. Uh, Henry and Bunny's children um, all are currently hospitalized. So we want to pray for them um, and uh, ask that God would truly, truly bless. There are others as well uh, in the Trump family as well that we're praying for and asking God to just bring great healing to. So let's join together as we're giving thanks to ask God to provide. Father, you are our Father, and you love us and you give us every good and perfect gift. We rely on you and we say thank you for every good gift you've given us. Lord, we do pray together as a church family, asking uh, for family members that are sick, that are battling COVID, that are in the hospitals right now. We pray for those who um, are uh, maybe under the, the, the burdens caused by the hurricane or the families in Afghanistan. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would work in this world that's facing so many difficulties. God, we pray uh, for our young college students that are off at their first year. And we pray for the new students that you're bringing to campus here at Towson and Goucher and the ministries that are happening even right now. God, thank you so much for your love, your provision. We ask for your provision in these families even today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're kind of wrapping up our series uh, that we've been on, kind of some harder sayings of Jesus. Some of the times what Jesus said seemed a little bit insensitive or didn't fit with our sensibilities. And today we're looking at one that might not seem as harsh, but I got to be honest, it's one of the ones that's most convicting to me. Uh, If we want to look at Luke chapter uh, 17, uh, beginning with verse 11, it says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. What was going on? Uh, You can kind of see the map maybe up there a little bit. Um, You see Samaria in the green, Galilee in the orange up north. Uh, Jerusalem was in the south. Um, The main center for worship, the temple of God. The place that of pilgrimage, the place the people of God would travel multiple times a year for feast days and sacrifice days, days of giving thanks, days of remembrance of what God has done. The Jewish people would migrate and come to Jerusalem, the capital city, to worship in the temple. And this was true in Jesus' day. Many of the Jews lived in that northern area called Galilee. It was really, Galilee was a very cosmopolitan, international area. But there were large Jewish settlements. And as these uh, people moved during this Roman Empire time down to Jerusalem, they had to pass through, you can see, going from north to south, they had to pass down through Samaria. 
Now, some, the Samaritans were sort of like <clears throat> considered sort of half Jewish. This had dated back hundreds of years, but they didn't want to worship in Jerusalem. They had their own customs and their own beliefs. They sort of believed in God, but they certainly didn't think that you had to follow and worship in the same way. And there was often conflict and racial tension between the Jewish people and the Samaritans. In fact, if you remember, you've heard the phrase, a good Samaritan. It's a racial term, right? I mean, Jesus, Jewish, speaking to other Jewish people, using the Samaritan as the good person that helped out the one who was beaten and robbed, instead of the priests and Levites of the Jewish people, he was pointing out, even a Samaritan, now I don't think Jesus was being racist, what I'm saying is, he was appealing to some of the things, the racial beliefs and the tension and separation of the day. And so all of a sudden, we see sort of the same thing happen, the same situation. Jesus is in that same area of of the world. He's in an area where uh, the Jews were not necessarily welcomed, especially when they were traveling to Jerusalem to give thanks, to give praise to God. But the Samaritans disagreed with that and felt like, you're not supposed to go all the way down there. You don't have to worship in Jerusalem. So there's already a bit of tension here. You see that in in the story. So Jesus is traveling along this border. And it says, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Okay, as Jesus was coming to town, um, a town that he might not have been welcomed in, in fact, if it was a Samaritan village. As Jesus was coming into this town, there were men outside. Leprosy was a skin disease. Leprosy was a debilitating disease. It still exists today. Leprosy, your flesh literally kind of rots. uh, uh, And it's one that is contagious. And so the people were forced to live outside the village. They were not allowed to be near any of the people who didn't have leprosy. Social distancing. It's happened in Jesus' day, right? I mean, this is what it was. They were being socially distanced. In fact, considered almost outcasts. And so he noticed that they cried out in a loud voice. Hey, Jesus, over here. We can't come near you because we are unclean. We can't come near you because we're infected. We can't come near you. But, hey, if you might remember us, if you could help us, we've heard of you. You're this healer. You're this helper. Could you do something For us, they stood at a distance. You know, when it comes to spiritual truth, so many people are standing at a distance. They want to know about Jesus. They want to experience God in their lives. They want to have a relationship with God. They want to have what we have when we know Him, when we know God's provision, when we know His care in our lives. So many people are standing at a distance. They wish they could know, but honestly... They feel like they're not welcome. They feel like they have to stand at a distance. They feel like they they might be judged. They feel like they might not be able to come. We as believers in Jesus Christ are to be salt and light. We represent Jesus. We need to be in the world showing that all people are loved by God. Everyone is invited to find forgiveness and life and healing in Jesus Christ. Nobody needs to stand at a distance. Come because all are welcome. And you don't just have to come in the doors. You're welcome in our homes. You're welcome in our lives. You're welcome where you are. Today, would you pray? Outreaches begin on our college campuses. Juliana, our InterVarsity missionary, uh, is having a service right now at Goucher. 
uh, for students uh, that, that we are helping with and trying to support and praying for. Towson will have a, a kickoff event tonight uh, that we are going to be there and, and trying to reach out and, and connect with the 22,000 students who have descended upon uh, that campus this weekend. So pray for us that we would show everyone, come, come as you are. Come and find Jesus. These people were shouting because they had a need. They had a very clear need. They wanted to be healed of their leprosy. Master, Jesus, the one we've heard about, would you come? Would you have pity on us? Verse 14, when Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, go show yourselves to the priests. Why would Jesus say that? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you want to be healed? What, don't they need to come over and Jesus could lay the hands on them or Jesus could, you know, give them a hug or pray over them or do something, right? Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. Why would he just tell them to go do this? Why did he not invite them close? Why didn't he not heal them right there? Well, sometimes we miss it because we don't understand the context. For uh, In the Old Testament, in the Jewish scriptures, when you had a skin disease like leprosy, there were actually very specific instructions from God. In Leviticus uh, chapter 13, in the Old Testament, the Lord said to Moses, now remember Moses was the lawgiver. He's the one that revealed the truth about God. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, when anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease... Now, this is what we're talking about. Things like a leprosy and other types of rashes or infections that might grow in the skin. What are they supposed to do? Well, they are supposed to go before Aaron, who was the high priest of the time, or to one of his sons, who is a priest. So going to show yourself to the priest was actually what was instructed. The priests were supposed to evaluate the skin disease and say, oh, there were certain conditions, whether it made it a defiling disease or made it like, oh, that's no big deal. Don't worry about it. If it was infectious... If it was the kind God said, watch out for this one, the people had to go and stay outside the camp for a period of seven days. And then after those seven days, they were supposed to come back and the priest is supposed to examine it again. If it's sort of getting better, if it's kind of clearing up, okay, you're good, no problem. But look what it says in verse 22. If it is a spread, if it's spreading in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them unclean. It's a defiling disease. But if the spot is unchanged, it hasn't spread, it's only a scar from the boil, then the priest shall pronounce them clean. Okay, it was the priest's job to evaluate. Now, the priest didn't heal. They didn't have that ability. They weren't like some kind of special voodoo doctors or something. It wasn't that. But the priests were given that role to kind of determine this is clean, this is unclean. This is what's okay. This isn't a big deal, or this is bad. And they had that role. Um, can, can I stop, though, on, on this for a second? Go ahead and flip to the next slide. Um, th there's a word I need to tell you about today in New Testament times. Go to your doctor. <clears throat> I, you all know that I do this college ministry work, and I've been doing it for years and years and years. And somewhere along the way, I stopped being that buddy friend to college students, like, hey, man, let's all just hang out. And they started seeing more like a parent. I don't know what happened. I don't know why they, I don't know what changed. 
Maybe my hair color. I don't know. Whatever it was, I moved into parental roles. And I remember one particular student was, hey, man, um, i got to show you something. Can you come to the bathroom? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, he's like, hey, look, this thing right here, you know, and he lifts up his shirt. And I'm like, buddy, I am not a doctor. I don't know if that's a bad rash. I don't know. Go to the doctor. Go to the health clinic. I'm not your dad. I don't want to see something growing on your stomach here. I mean, what are you trying to? I'm not a doctor. Go to your doctor. Don't go to the priest. Don't go to the pastor. I don't want to see. I don't know anything about it. Go to your doctor. But notice what Jesus was saying to these men who had leprosy. They knew they had leprosy. They had already been pronounced unclean. It was spreading. It was continuing to spread. And the only reason they should ever go near the priest was like, hey, look, it looks like it's getting better, right? They had to see it getting better to go to the priest. This was an act of faith. This was Jesus telling them, go in faith, believing that I am healing you. Go, start walking down the road, believing that I am moving, believing that you are cleansed, believing that that I have the power to cleanse you. And go show yourself to the priest, because when you get, by the time you get there, guess what? You will be cleansed. And the priest is going to be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you guys are good. What's the problem here anyway? That's a word for us. God says to us very often, go, step out in faith. You know, it's that way when we come to Jesus in the first place. Some of you uh, may not have made your profession of faith. You've not decided to follow Jesus. You don't even know if it's true yet. But God invites you. And at some point, you just have to respond in faith. So at some point, you may not have all of your questions answered. But you have enough evidence. You have enough reason to say, you know what? I'm in. I, I, don't know, I don't know everything about this Christianity thing. But I'm in. You step out in faith and say, yes, Lord. Jesus, come heal me. Jesus, come forgive me. I, I, I believe you're the Son of God. And you step out in faith. You put your faith in Jesus. And the Bible says this. We were sharing this verse uh, earlier today. If you confess your sins, He is faithful. He is just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. One of a uh, young student, uh, I, I, she sent me an email, uh, a college student back at Syracuse days, and uh, young young lady, she was asking me about how I know for sure that Jesus rose from the dead, and I was sort of giving her some explanations, what's convinced me, and she was, and I was talking about doubts, and she was like, oh, oh, oh you got to realize, I, I, I'm not actually a believer. And I was like, oh, I thought she was a Christian that just was having some doubts. And she said, oh, no, no, I'm not a Christian. We had many discussions about why I believe in Jesus and about faith. And she was dating a young man who was a believer. And, and they'd been dating for a while and getting kind of serious. And One Sunday, we were having Lord's Supper together. We were having uh, communion. And we said, you know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, come down and you can take the bread and the, the cup. And all of a sudden, Megan came down. I didn't say anything. It was all like, oh, Megan, you're not a believer. You don't get to come down. No, no, no. And she, she kind of came down. Later, I, I was talking to her, and she said, she said, you might have noticed that I came down and, and took the Lord's Supper today. I was like, yeah, I did notice that. And I said, I don't know what the deal is. You know, we talked a lot of times. I come from a whole family of, of skeptics and scientists and people who just don't believe in any of this religious stuff. 
But I just believe. I just do now. I, I don't know why. I don't know where it switched. I don't know when it switched. I, I just, you know what? And she took that leap of faith. And she found life. The young couple got married. They spent their money, their honeymoon with me in Senegal doing a mission trip. I thought that is a weird honeymoon, but all right, come on. Um, God made a radical change in their lives. And Andrew and Megan to this day are continuing to serve and walk with Jesus. It's a thrilling time, and I'm excited that the college students are back. I'm sorry I'm telling college student ministry stories, but it gets me excited again. Here's the question. For you, do you need to respond in faith today? And be cleansed. And just say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm walking with you. I'm putting my faith in you. Or maybe you're a believer, but there's something that you're just like, I just, I don't know if I can do. I know God is calling me to do whatever it is. But you just don't feel like you can make that step. Maybe it's be part of this church. Well, I want to see where it's going first. (laughs) That's not how it works. Go. Show yourself to the priest. And along the way, they were cleansed. Look at verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15. One of them, one of them, one of them, there were ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He had an incurable skin disease. This didn't just happen. He was cleansed. And he came back praising God. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. He thanked him. And Luke adds this. And he was a Samaritan. There's a word right there. One came back. One gave thanks. One started praising God. And he was a Samaritan. So quickly, we we judge and say, well, they're not like us. They don't know it like us. They don't understand God like us. This person responded the way he was supposed to. This person uh, didn't know uh, all the Jewish traditions. He didn't know all the laws of Moses. He didn't know all the things that were required at the temple worship. But he just knew that he was dead. He was exiled. He was leprous. He was exiled from, excluded from God's people. And all of a sudden he is changed. He is cleansed. He is renewed. And he is going to be right there in front of God, in front of Jesus, praising God, saying, Thank you. You know, I'm amazed at how often I don't give thanks. I'm supposed to know. I'm supposed to know all that God has done. I'm supposed to know all the scriptures. I'm supposed to recognize how thankful, all the things, how God's provision and be thankful. And yet sometimes I miss it. Jesus had a pretty good question. Verse 17. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? I don't think all of a sudden the ten that didn't come back were like, Oh, shoot, two days later, the leprosy's back. I should have given thanks. Jesus didn't punish them. Were not all ten cleansed? Yes, all ten were cleansed. God's grace is overwhelming and he overlooks so much. But nine of them didn't come back to give thanks. Why? What about the other nine? Did they have 
just hope and restoration? Sure. They, they, they were looking for, hey, I get to go back to my families. I, I get to go back to my job. I get to go back to my life. They had other things to think about rather than giving thanks. They had families that hadn't seen them and had been separated from them for a long time. They were so anxious, let me get to the priest so I can go show myself for the family. And oh yeah, they had to get to the priest. I don't know what it was like back then, but I kind of suspect it might have been like the MVA. You know, there's never a short line at the MVA. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure getting to the priest, it was like, okay, we gotta stand in line here. <clears throat> Woo, okay, wait, number 2007, <laughs> you're up, you can come show your skin disease to the priest. I don't know how long it would have taken, but it's like, I wanna get in line quick. Uh, I know I, got, I can give thanks later. I gotta hurry up and get to the priest. And they all had faith. They all went together. They, uh, they responded in faith. These were good things being restored in their family, being restored to their, being restored in their lives, uh, getting to reconnect with their families, um, doing what God said to be, to show themselves in the, to the priest, having faith. All of these were good things. But it missed the better thing to stop and give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You're thinking, why is there a picture of a smoothie? This week, um, I didn't have lunch one day. I just didn't bring anything. And Mrs. Kim knows me by first name now here next door in the Galleria of Delhi. I go over there quite a bit. But... You know, that day it had gotten kind of late, and it was sort of late in the afternoon. I, I was getting pretty hungry, and all of a sudden, Rachel, uh, our, one of our new members, called and said, Hey, I'm at the uh, Smoothie King place. You want a smoothie? And I'm like, Hey, Cindy, you want a smoothie? Because I'm getting a smoothie. Um, so Rachel brought us smoothies. And as I was working on the sermon that day, and I was thinking, You know, on the day that I didn't have really time for lunch, Rachel was at Smoothie King. And she thought about me. And now I thought about Cindy. You know, it all went down. We all have reasons to give thanks that day over something small, over something simple, over something that just like, you know, other days I, I, I don't know if I'd even been interested. But that day I needed a smoothie. Thank you, God, for something small. Where are the other nine? Some of us need to give some thanks because God has provided in health ways. I have to give thanks. And thank you for your prayers for my wife. But it was the, the best bad news and it is already kind of like, we're, we're done. I, I mean, I got to stop and give thanks of her healing and what God has done. Big direction decisions. Some of you is like, what are we going to do? How is this going to work out? And yet God has guided us as a congregation and you individually into some big decisions. And I believe he'll do so again today. Provision and finances. It was great to hear that report uh, uh, two weeks ago from Bob Bilby where uh, offerings are up. Now, everything's not perfect. Everything's not good. But, hey, things are okay. God is providing how about in your personal finances? Has God gotten you through some difficult moments? I can tell you stories where Vicky and I were like, oh boy, how are we paying our bills this month? There was a dog that ran into our car one time. That paid for the rent. <laughs> it just, you know, the insurance money. It was a dog. 
I felt bad for the dog. But I was thankful for the rent money. I was thankful for the rent. It left a big dent in the side. It wandered off. I don't know what happened to it. But I was thankful. Success in the workplace, relationships and family. Where has God blessed you lately? Where has God provided that you have not spent thanks for? Ministry at this church. and the, I mean, you heard Kathy even testify today. Something is different. God seems to be moving. And we are thankful. Where God has provided in the world. We've seen his intervention. And even though it seems like more and more problems keep coming, we also see more and more provision. Deliverance from addiction. Freedom from sin and death. Where do you need to give thanks today? Would you stop for a moment? God, thank you. Thank you. Well, after this man came back to give thanks to God, um, Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Giving thanks actually brings some healing in our lives. Not the healing of the leprosy, but the healing of the bitterness, the healing of being overwhelmed, the healing from worry, the healing from, oh, no. When we're giving thanks, when we're counting our blessings, we definitely see what God has done. So we count our blessings. Go ahead and flip to the next slide. We count our blessings. Rise, your faith has made you well. We sang this hymn earlier. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what God has done. As we face difficult days, as we face new challenges, as we face overwhelming Problems that we just don't know what to do. Let's first give thanks in every circumstance. God has brought me this far. The Lord will see me through. Today, are you living in faith? Are you stopping to give thanks? And is your thankfulness doing something to bring healing in your life by ending the bitterness or the worry? Or feeling overwhelmed. Today I want to invite you. I want to invite you. First some of you need to join this church. Maybe you've just been coming for a little bit. But you're like you know. No I want to be a part of whatever God is doing here. Because God is doing something here. And I feel called. And in faith I just think this is a place that God has for me. Would you come? I'm going to be up at the front. You're welcome to come. Even right now while we sing. uh, and, And apply to become a member here. Some of you, this is your day to step out in faith and say, you know, actually, I'm becoming a Christian. I don't know what it all means, but I know I need to be healed from my sins, from my lack of relationship with God. I need what they have. And you want to come, and today's your day. You can do it right where you're seated. Or come and tell the church, I'm, I want to follow Jesus. Would you just step out and come when we saw him to sing? Or some of you, there may be something that you need to give thanks for or a concern, or something you would like to talk to me about. While Aaron comes and leads us uh, in, this, in this next song, you come and respond as God would have you.